are back for the final 15. As we start the fourth quarter play, Argos 31, Edmonton 15. As the Argos have looked solid, but uh, see what they can do here on this drive. They now have a slight breeze at their back for the fourth quarter. So the Eskimos unable to take advantage as the Argonauts win the third quarter 7-3. Yeah, let's see a little more James Wilder in this quarter. And that's where I was going to go next. Yeah. He's got to be fresh. Yeah. They he, barely went to him a, in, the, in the third. The he, one catch. He had a break, and that might be, you know, all by design, which makes sense, right? Let's get back on your horse. Give him a break because he had a busy first half. You know, let those muscles uh, give him some time to recover. Keep him on the bike. Keep him fresh. Get him rehydrated a bit. And uh, and then, you know, get back on the horse again in the fourth. But isn't this ideal? I know you're not. it's not a running league, but you have a 225-pound running back who's fresh with a lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like it's 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 the way you draw it up, and we'll see if they can take advantage here. First down at their own 16-yard line. Argos move around. They're moving away from the lake here. They're going to give the ball to Wilder. Turn in the corner. Here he goes. 25-30. 35-40. Down the sideline to the 50. Pulling two tacklers. Another 12 yards. James Wilder is a beast. And he just tore one off. Huge run for the Argos. Uh, this is fun, man. Unbelievable. This I almost started fun. laughing. I just can't believe it. I just hear the, the sound of hooves running, like the horse just galloping down the sideline. Unreal. And, he, and he, he's got Eskimos all over him, and he still won't go down. And uh, what an effort by James Wilder, Jr. Just amazing. Unofficially 46 yards. Great blocking by the O-line up front allows Wilder to get around the corner. He has a 76, and now he has a, unofficially a 46-yarder to go with that. He's had all, an all right game. He's going to get it again up the middle. Here he goes, sidestep, 40-30, barrels over the defender down to the 25-yard line. Another 23 yards for James Wilder, Jr. What are the Eskimo linebackers doing? That's my question here because these guys are, uh, they should be reading the gaps, and uh, they seem to be taking themselves right out of the play, and that and that, and Wilder's actually doing a fantastic job of of really staying the course and allowing the, the O-line to get engaged with the D-line and linebackers and then cutting back in behind it. So his timing with his footwork and reads is excellent. Ray will have Wilder standing to his left. He's not going anywhere. Despite those two runs, they've got a tight end on the right side, and they're going to run a crossing route to Wilder. Here he goes again down to the 15-yard line. He's got 11 more, maybe 12. Did you ever see the movie... Uh, little shop of horrors. Yes, yes. There was a man-eating plant named Audrey, <laughs> and what Audrey used to say was, "Feed me." Oh my God! And that is James Wilder Jr. right now. Feed me. Well, after the last couple of runs, he gets up and he's eating. I don't know if you can see yep. that he's holding the bowl and he's pretending yep. to eat. So he's just eating right now. Well, he wants. <laughs> he's to be loving fed. it. Keep, feed me. Keep That's feed what's me. going on. <laughs> Down to the 15-yard line. He's still in there, standing to the left of Ray in the pistol. Tight end to the right side. They're going to run the same play. He spins off the first tackler, but only gets a couple of yards. They just run that counter again to the right side with a tight end and Jamal Campbell over there. That one didn't work out, but he still gained a couple. Well, the Argos brought in Jamal at the tight end spot, and the S brought in five D linemen. So they started to say, you know what, hey, listen, we're getting pushed around here. we got to stack up this group and uh, slow this Wilder down. And a flag comes out very, very late. What's this, Kim? Objectional conduct. Toronto, number 69. Oh, that's it's a 10-yard penalty. Be second down. That's just not smart. When you're down there, that is uh, Will Campbell. Will the Thrill, the Detroit, Michigan native who played with the Wolverines. And that will push them back to the 24-yard line as a dead ball foul. It sets up second and long. 
Yeah, you don't want to ever do that. I mean, uh, got some momentum going, a good chance to score, finish the drive, and then you go and shoot yourselves in the foot. At the 24-yard line, back to pass is Ray. And he's uh, pressured from behind. He pump fakes. He gets it off. He gets it to Worthy, who will be horse collared at the 20. No flag comes out. Argo's wondering about that on the bench. And it will be third down and a field goal attempt for Liram Hyralahu. Good tackle in the open field by Chris Edwards for the Edmonton Eskimos because otherwise Worthy would have had a lot of green space if he gets around Edwards. Makes a hard cut. and uh, nah, Wasn't enough. As the uh, halfback was able to hang there, on and pull him there's down. There's our Superman, by the way. Chris Edwards not only producing today's game on TSN and directing. There you go. Oh, different Chris Edwards. Sorry. Yes, yeah. Different guy. <laughs> yeah, he plays some Although he too. gave me the throat slash when I saw him before the game. 26-yard <laughs> uh, field goal attempt for Liram Hyralahu. They had a great picture taken at Edmonton this year, by the way. It's up. It's good. Three more for Liram Hyralahu, and the Argos extend the lead. It is now 34-15 with 11-11 remaining here in quarter number four. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. First down uh, for the Eskimos after the Hyralahu field goal, 34-14, with 11-11 left. Unofficially, Wilder, eight carries, 184 yards. (laughs) 23-yard average. Well, and I believe he's their top receiver as well. He is, 63 yards on six receptions. Jeez, Un- what an afternoon. 200 Are you kidding and me? Unofficially 247 yards from the line of scrimmage. We were talking about that cape thing. Yeah. <laughs> Superman Get this back guy in the a cape. house. G-Roy Simon. How is he walking uh, on the sideline? I'd be, I'd be fully cramped up right now. Oh, he's getting the oxygen tank going. There you go. Tank him up. Good thing they gave the third quarter off. Can you imagine what the number would be like if <laughs> we got three or four more carries in the third quarter? First down at their own 35-yard line. Eskimos will put it in play. Argos with a 19-point lead. It's a three-score game all of a sudden. Back to pass, Wiley with a pump fake looking long. Tight coverage by Sears, but the catch is made by Darrell Walker at the 37-yard line. It was a jump ball. And there's a pretty good rebounder in six foot two, Darrell Walker. My goodness, and did he go vertical? Johnny Sears, he's an excellent defensive back. But listen, when you're going up against a uh, world-class receiver like Darrell Walker, who, 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 ta- who, that's what he does all day long. He is going to time it perfectly, and he goes up and he high points this ball, and he's probably, he's close to 35 inches in the air. What a jump! Have you seen more of that this year than any other season? The 50-50 yes. ball? Yes. Oh, yeah. They're going to give the ball to Van. It's going to go up the middle. And no thank you, says Bear Woods. You can have three yards. You can have two yards, but no more. And it'll be second down and long for the Eskimos. Just trying to see what's going on down there because Figueroa was downfield about 15 yards driving Marcus Ball. <laughs> the offensive lineman uh, decided to take out some frustration. Sets up a second down and eight for the Eskimos at the 36-yard line. Back to pass. Goes Riley under pressure. Gets rid of the football over the middle. And somehow that is completed as Brandon Zilstra took it away from Johnny Sears Jr. How did Sears not knock that down or get his hands on it? Goodness. Well, Argo's bringing pressure. Matt Black coming off the corner. Great job by Sorensen to come peeling out of the center, cut him down, and I mean, Sears was there and just swiped his arm ahead of the ball crossing, and so he just missed it. 
couple of near misses for the Argos tonight. Losing the turnover battle, but winning the football game. First down and 10. Back to pass as Riley goes far side of the numbers. It is not Darrell Walker. Another nice move to the 15 to the 10 and brought down to the 8-yard line as it was Brandon Harris able to knock him down, but it'll be a first and goal for the Eskimos. 8.57 clock moving left here in the fourth quarter. Darrell Walker showing why the Eskimos were excited to get him back. Makes a great catch. Rico Murray right there. Walker makes a fantastic move, evades him, and starts running downfield, and Brandon Harris comes streaking across from the inside halfback spot to make an exceptional open field tackle and preventing that touchdown. Argos, I think, expecting the run because they just put Bear Woods back on the field. He'll go in for Terrence Plummer at the 8-yard line. They are going to get a play action. They're going to dump it off. They've got a man in space in Vando. Cuts back and cuts back again and gets the touchdown. He just made two Argonauts miss in space. Marcus Ball and uh, Alden Darby. And all of a sudden, the Eskimos are kind of back in this thing at uh, 34-21, eight and a half minutes remaining. Well, this Trayvon Van makes a nice catch out of the backfield. Esk run a little play action, fake the end around. Van releases out on the to the flat and uh, does a great job of making a couple of cuts inside and doesn't even get touched. And I'm telling you right now, Hoagie, you said he was a couple knocks down the depth chart. Yep. Well, he's shown me tonight that he deserves to be on a team in the CFL starting because he's a very good athlete. They're going to bring in Calvin McCarty, who's a fullback. And Van is in there as well. They'll split the back. Riley looking, goes to the corner. He's got Walker wide open as he went to the sideline and Harris played the in and just like that it's 34-22 23 rather they're not dead yet Argos have the lead with 805 left you're listening to Argo football on TSN 1050 ball game 34-23 Argos lead with 8 minutes remaining here in the fourth quarter and we'll see if the James Wilder Jr. show continues he is right now Enjoying the fourth best rushing game in Argo history. <laughs> and the Argos have been around for a while. Next up, he's at 184 today. Corky Tharp at 202. Yuli Curtis, Ulysses Curtis at 208. And then Gil the Thrill Fennerty at 215. So he needs another 31 yards to tie Fennerty for the all-time Argo lead. He could do that on one carry. Tell me how, tell me again, how many carries? Nine. <laughs> He's ridiculous. averaging 20.6 yards Stop a carry. It. Stop it. That's unreal. It's it's stupidly good. It's not like he broke he broke the one for 76, but he's had a 40 plus and he had a 20 plus. He's just been unreal. And he's also their leading receiver, six for 63. Here goes Worthy. To the 15 to the 20 to the 25. Spins off one tackle to the 28-yard line. Brought down at that point. So the Argos will have some field to work with here with 7.57 remaining. Argos in their road jerseys today. They're in the whites. Blue helmets, blue pants, blue numbers. Eskimos in their green tops. Yellow helmets, yellow pants. Sorry, gold helmets, gold pants, gold numbers. And the Argos moving away from the lake, right to left, toward the Gardner. And they've got the ball at the 27-yard line. Ball on the left hash mark. 7.57 remaining. Ray, 21 of 29 for 220, but nobody cares. No. Like, it's just, it's been that kind of day where it's been the James Wilder afternoon. Nine carries, 185. Incredible. So 30. They have changed that number officially. 
to 185. They fake the end around, and they're going to dump it to the Superman, who's going to take it to the 30. Wilder brought down at that point for a gain of, they're going to give him a 31, so he'll get uh, three and a half on first down. So they're still going to work them. They're just doing it a different way. Yeah, the Argos running a uh, play action with a fake end around, and Wilder rolling out to the flat. Ricky spins around, hits him. He was open for a minute, hits him uh, as he's on running towards the sideline. Took four Eskimos to bring him down. Tight ends are out. <laughs> well, and you're having that kind of day. Why not? Chandler Worthy and uh, Jimmy Ralph check back in. Ball right on the 30, so they gave him three at second and seven. Four-man rush. Ray picks it up, goes to the near side. It's tipped, and it is picked at the 40-yard line. And the Eskimos are going to take it at the 33-yard line as Blair Smith checked that. Adam Konar with his second interception of the season. And the Eskimos, again, are not dead yet, trailing by 11 with 6.51 remaining in the fourth quarter. It's Argos football on the home of the double blue. This is TSN 1050. Game day, trending number one in Toronto, Toronto Argos, trending number three, Argos right now trending number one on Twitter. So people are watching, feel free to come out to a game, including next Saturday, 7 o'clock, it's a night game against the Montreal Alouettes. Oh, that's a large game. Huge, huge game. This is, uh, the Argos can pull this off this afternoon, they're in first place, and next week will be a battle for, for first with Montreal. Oh, Montreal's a little behind them, but it's still an op- competitive. An opportunity now with Trevor Hurt in Ottawa. That's right. Maybe get a little bit of no disrespect. Great uh, space. To Drew Tate, but Trevor had been leading the league in passing. Still does, I believe. Riley second. Ray third heading into this game. So now we'll see what Riley can do. They've got the ball at the 33-yard line of the Argonauts. Argos with a 34-23 lead, 6.51 remaining. It is a two-score game. Calvin McCarty's in. He's kind of wandering all over the place as the fullback. Back to pass his way. Goes over the middle. Checks it down. He's got... Uh, no, that's not McCarty. That is Dekeel Williams who's had a nice day this afternoon for the Eskimos. He will take it inside the 30 to the 28. Gain of roughly five yards. Dekeel sitting over top in a little check town route. Riley hits him and Bear Woods with the textbook open field tackle. That's only his fourth catch of the day. Seems like he's been around the ball a little bit more than that. Also took a very bad objectionable conduct penalty earlier in this game. Second down and five from the 28-yard line. Back to pass goes Riley. Three-man rush. Throws it up to the sideline. It's a jump ball inside the five, and it's picked off. Intercepted by the Argos inside the five. There is a flag down, and I think this is going to be pass interference against the Argonauts, or at least illegal contact. That was very unusual. The ball... Did, did it get tipped? It, no, it, it went straight up on. in the air. He tried to throw a jump ball, and I think it just he short-armed it a little bit. It, it, the way it came out, Leo it was like someone got in his face. Toronto, number 33, 10-yard penalty, first down. Contact Edmonton. about Alden Darby is the call. That's there was good. definitely contact, no question about it. So I didn't know if it was going to be contact or pass interference, and the ball was not in the air, so the oh, yeah. correct call was made for contact. That ball was a duck shot, oh, though. It was straight terrible. up in the air. It was no, nowhere near the target. Feathers yeah, a plenty here at BMO on that one. And it will be a first down. They'll mark it at the 18-yard line. Back to pass goes Riley. Goes to the numbers. Far side. Great catch by Zilstra. Extending, climbing the ladder and bringing it down at the 8-yard line. 
right at the first down marker. And is it going to be good enough for the first down? Kim Murphy's going to take a look-see. Walk right over, and they're going to have to measure. Go-go gadget arms from Zilstra. That was uh, was a very hard-thrown ball. And Zilstra on the out route just popped his arms up and pulled it in. He's having a great year. Oh, no question. No question. That was Harris that was there on the uh, coverage. A Concordia product. An import receiver came up here. So it will be a second down and a couple of inches. with the Eskimos dial up here. You need a big play from this Argo defense. Do you not mess around and lean forward and get the first down, or do you try some play action? What do you call up here, Coach? First down. What do you do, though? Just second and an inch. Ball forward, get the first down. Oh, okay. Yeah. They've got Van six yards behind the line of scrimmage, seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. The Riley's just going to take it. Argo's move. <laughs> they hit Riley. He got the first down anyways. But I think about four guys on the interior may be flagged for being offside on this one. And I think they're going to get, was that Tuggle? I think it was Tuggle. Tuggle went over the top and did a corkscrew, corkscrew in, the, <laughs> in the air. It looked like he's having some fun out there. Yeah. They're going to get the first down anyways, you would assume. Outside. Toronto, number 94. The problem is half that's going to move at half the distance to the goal line as opposed to the two yards that Riley may have gotten, so it's going to be a first down at the four. We don't need the booze out here right now. Come on. Get a little cheer in here. Get the defense, pump them up. Right. You tell they're getting loud in the end zone and down on the goal line. From the four, they're going to give the ball to Van up the middle, and he's going nowhere. Bear attack at the four-yard line. And the butler was in there as well. Man, you need your big play makers to make big plays at key times. The Argos just did that with Bear Woods and Victor Butler. Butler and Wynn holding his ground right there as well. So a huge, huge play by the Toronto Argonauts. That, that's what you need for your defense. they got to do it again here. And Cleon Lang, again, on the line of skirmish is there. So no breakage there. No bending there. It's second out of goal from the same spot at the four-yard line. Ball on the left, hash mark. Two receivers go in motion from right to left. They'll end up with four receivers to the right of Riley. He's going to come back the other way. He's got a jump ball in the end zone, and it is caught! A remarkable catch by Dekeel Williams in the back of the end zone. And the Eskimos are back to within five. What What a grab. What a catch by Dekeel Williams. I think he's one-on-one. Is that with Darby over here? Yep. And They finally beat Darby. My goodness. Well, it, it was a perfect throw and an exceptional catch because Williams breaks on a corner route and uh, I didn't think Riley Challenge. was going to go to the corner but he did. He didn't, he didn't catch that. And Williams, he comes down, what? the ball is over his right shoulder it's as caught. he's... Now watch before he hits the ground. Out. Is that out or not? Did he maintain possession all the way through the catch? Trustman has actually just thrown the flag. He, th- he sees the th- same thing that I think I see and it's worth the challenge at this stage of the football game. Trustman has one challenge to use. Yeah, the play has a huge impact. Now, it's going to be challenged anyway, so I don't know why Trustman had to throw that unless he's looking for an interference call somewhere else. I think he just wanted to make sure. 
that they know this must be the previous play for offensive pass interference. Ah, offensive ah, pass interference against number 81. We'll review the play. I didn't. Even, I wasn't even looking for that, JJ. No, Did you see was that? I. No, I, okay, I think this was this. a catch. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, Williams breaking on the corner route, and just as he was making the break, uh, right before he went for the catch, he gave he gave Darby a little bit of a push off. I mean, I don't know if it's enough. Ball turned. But it's a little bit of a push off. From that angle, the ball turned when he hit the ground. Did he have possession when he made he the did. catch? I think he did. I saw okay. the other angle. It looked like he had it secured. It may have shifted a bit, but his hand was also moving, so it was hard okay, to say. Okay, you watch this for pass interference. Does he push off? No. Right? Uh, there. Yes. He, he does push off. Yeah, but is it, is it enough? I don't know. Yeah. He, he definitely places his hand on Darby's right shoulder, which is enough to derail Darby but from, you know, from the coverage. They, right? us- they usually there. pull that when they extend the arm and they lock the elbow out, which he did. It was his uh, left hand that was free. He hits the ground, and the ball is caught. No, from that angle, it looks like a catch. Yeah, and it's not moving there. It's hard to tell. It would be nice to see it from the other side. but So now they have two things to look at. It's very close. Jake Ireland is the video official today. He certainly gave Derby a bit of a push off that shoulder. Is it enough? But is it enough? They never call that unless the arm is locked, right? Until that elbow is locked, here's the call from Tim Murphy. After review, the ruling on the field is overturned. We have wow. Wow. On the offense, if he doesn't lock his elbow, that's not pass interference. But he fully extended the arm while he was in contact with Darby. So the arm was straight out, the elbow locks, and that they're going to call that. Yeah. They are going to call that. Yeah. It's very, you know what, it's subtle, but to, yeah. to Hokey's point, his arm... Goes like he makes contact and his arm is bent and it straightens out and you can see Darby's shoulders push back visibly and it and it derails him from the coverage so uh, that's a good call. That uh, is going to push it back to the 14-yard line, a 10-yard penalty, and it sends up second down. Eskimos need a touchdown, a two-point conversion for the tie here, and then another field goal. So if they don't get the touchdown here, I would assume they would take the three points. They're going to put on the left hash mark. They have a tight end on the right side. No, they don't check that. Five-man line. Back to Pascal's Riley under pressure, rolling up to his right, dumps it out. Nobody near the football. As Van fell down, I don't know if he tripped up, and we're going to get a timeout by the Argo. Timeout Edmonton. A timeout Edmonton, sorry. Check that. So they want to figure out what they're going to do here or maybe take a look and see if there was pass interference or illegal contact, although Van was behind the line of scrimmage. I'm wondering if Van cramped up. He seems yep. to be trying to stretch out his calf. So did, he, did he get a cramp and fall? So the Eskimos using a timeout. And they can't be thinking of going for it here. They're going for it here. Second down and goal from the 14. I don't like that call at all. This makes no sense. Wow. A gutsy call by Jason Moss. Well, second down, right? Oh, so, I'm sorry. You're right. Second down. We got to the penalty. My bad. And Riley's going to throw it. Flag goes down. He got hit late. This is going to be against the Argos, I believe. He did. He's still standing. I don't Where did the hit come from? No, it's going to be holding. Yeah. It's going to be holding. They'll decline that. My apologies on the third down gamble. I lost track of the downs with the uh, with the penalty. Holding Edmonton, number 57. That's A David Beard, the left tackle, out of, the left down. guard rather, out of the University of Alberta. 
Because that would have been nuts if they were going well, for that on third 100%. down. Absolutely crazy. So, And here they are going to uh, take the three, I would imagine. I'm looking for Hugh O'Neill. I'm looking. Oh, there he yeah, is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he was behind the huddle. And it will be a 21-yard field goal attempt. It will cut the lead to eight if they make it. That's a Clock huge is moving inside stance. four minutes. Huge defensive oh, stance. Oh, boy. Unbelievable. From the first down to the four. Here's the kick. He's missed two, but not that one. O'Neal with the shorty comes up with the field goal, and it is now an eight-point game with 3.44 remaining. This has been a hell of an entertaining football game today. To say the least, this is uh, incredible. Incredible. Well, you know what? The Argos defense, wow, that's all I got to say. What an effort. Drive the Eskimos back, playing through some adversity. Darby's coverage in the uh, on the corner route against Williams was exceptional. You got a call. Every now and then they do go in the Argos' favor. And uh, hold the Eskimos to three points. That's massive. So the Argos will take it at the 35-yard line with 3.39. Clock moving. At the 35-yard line. Eight seconds left on the play clock. First and ten. Crosses in there. It's the fullback. Ball comes out on the exchange. Wilder picked it up and dropped it. Argos saying they have the football, and Edmonton, one of the defenders, gets up clapping his hands like, ah, man, we had our chance. Kwaku Botang frustrated. That is a very exciting one yard for the Argos. That's unusual. I think uh, I think Ricky just missed it. The snap was a little off. It was almost at James Wilder Jr., so Ricky had to reach to his right, mishandled it. And the ball came Great out job the by out. Wilder to uh, scoop it up, but then he didn't have it insecurely, and he ended up uh, dropping it, but then falling on it. Second and nine. What do you do now? Ray bobbled it again off the pistol, off the snap, and it is tipped, and no interference flag comes down. And it will be a third down and nine for the Argos when we come back. 240 remaining here in quarter number four. Can the Argos hang on? Come back. You'll find out as we listen to Argo football on TSN 1050. Got interesting in a hurry, didn't it? Argos about to punt it away here with 240 remaining. And they've got Zilstra, I believe, back there to return the punt. Have not seen this before. Trayvon Van had cramped up a little bit earlier on. And they had to find themselves a new returner, I guess. And you know what? They're just done. Yeah, smart play. Zilstra's got exceptional hands, right? You want to just put a guy back there that's going to get the football, secure it, get you some positive yards. Get your offense back out there. A lot of guys can't catch a punt, though. What Zilstra has before. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. you know, no, I know. You can't put oh, absolutely. Back there. No, 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 no. Just of course. It, I mean, I've seen set. him back there before. He can return uh, punts. No question it is. got to be able to get underneath it. I did it for a few years. It's very difficult. Yep. And um, But you know what? You want to have somebody back there. And I remember Milanovic would just put uh, someone that he knew was just going to field the ball. You know, yep. don't want to risk a turnover. Just get out there, field it, give us a couple positive yards. Third and nine. What do you think? They run a fake here? (laughs) No shot. No shot. They need nine. Snapping from the 36. Taking some time off the clock. And Hyrulahu's kick is a really good one. High and it'll come down on the numbers at the 22-yard line. Zilstra's going to go to the far sideline. And Declan Cross will knock him out of bounds at the 37-yard line. So, with 132 seconds left... The Eskimos have to go 
70, sorry, 55-65, 73 yards. Well, this game got very exciting. And uh, the way things were moving along, I was expecting it to kind of end up like this towards the end. We need another huge series from this Argo defense. Eskimos need to score and then get the two. Although if they move downfield quickly, they still have time if they can do this in a hurry to kick the field goal. And they're going downfield in a hurry, and they've got a man wide open. And it's going to be Bryant Mitchell inside the 20, down to the 13-yard line. He just ran a fly pattern down the seam, and a huge play for the Eskimos. My goodness. Mitchell streaking right down the right hash. 60 yards. Gets in between. Oh, my goodness. Johnny Sears and Darby and, uh, and Matt Matt, or between Matt Black and Johnny Sears Jr. I mean, yes, somebody, that's, a, that's dropped coverage there because Mitchell gets in behind and Riley hits him with a rocket. And they're going to go to the ground game, and it will be Lachard inside the 10 to the 9 for about four yards. What a huge play for the Eskimos. So we'll see what they dial up here. Second down and seven. At the 10-yard line. Time to make some noise, stands at Bemo. And that's what they're doing. From the 10-yard line. Ball just inside the right hash mark. Mike Riley looking things over. He puts two receivers in motion from left to right. He's going to go to the end zone, and it is juggled and incomplete. Rico Murray got in there and knocked it away, and a challenge flag comes out from Jason Moss, and he's going to use his opportunity to say there was defensive pass interference. Interesting. Well, Dekeel Williams had an opportunity to make a play on this. In fact, the ball was in his hands, and it looked... In real time, like Rico Murray just knocked the ball out. May have given Williams a, a, a hit that loosened that ball up, but Dekeel's saying, no, I was interfered with okay. beforehand. There's a minute 31 left. In the previous play for defensive pass interference against their number 81. We'll review the now, play. Jason Moss was a really good quarterback in this league. He showed quick release on that flag. I think that flag was on the field before the ball hit the field. Well, Dekeel and Rico are lined up one-on-one -on -one to the right of Mike Riley. Dekeel gives him a little uh, chatter and releases, runs outside, and it's a fade pattern where uh, Riley throws it to the outside. So as Dekeel's turning, I'm trying to look for where he may have been interfered with, but I don't know. I, I'm not seeing it there it's, in the replay. It's worth throwing because there was definite contact. Was it pass interference, though? Maybe right there that we can't see it. There may have been a slight tug on his jersey as Dekeel Williams is looking to turn back, but we can't tell from the replay angle that we're getting here. Now, Williams used his arm to initiate the contact, which is not going to be pass interference. I don't, I don't see it. That's not pass interference to me at all. Now, I mean, the, the, the shot afterwards, I mean, that's just Rico trying to make a play, but I don't see anything beforehand. So I'm not seeing it. Williams had the first hand check, and that's not offensive interference. It's not what I'm saying. It's not an either-or. It was just hand fighting from both. And I don't see how they can call pass interference on either on either player in this case. I think it's just an incomplete pass. So the, the angle we're getting, it, the Rico's arm seems to be up around uh, Williams' kind of front of his jersey. Was but, it there early? And, and was it hanging on to his jersey? We can't tell from the angle we're getting, but it doesn't now look as, like he is. As long as you're not grabbing, you can put your arm around a player. Sure. As long as you don't grab or interfere. So it's yep. not like if you, you know, you, you, you go around to basically hug them, to find them. Sure. 
as long as long as you're not tugging or pushing, you can do that. You should be fine. But from the but angle front we're at, but we can't tell if he's hanging on. Yeah. Right? It, it looks like he's not because it doesn't look like it changes the angle of what Williams' body's doing. So because the call on the field was incomplete, there has to be evidence to conclusively overturn it. And Jake Ireland taking a long look at this one yeah. back on Wellington Street at the CFL office. They got a nice little setup there, a video replay zone. Well, if this doesn't go Jason Moss's favor, we could uh, he might be a little upset. Okay, you watch Moss. He's out at the 30-yard line, out on the field with his arms crossed. Know, have they shown the replay up on the uh, video? Oh, I'm sure they have. We've been watching here on the monitor. Here's Tim Murphy with a big call. After review, the ruling on the field stands. It'll be third down. Edmonton is charged their final they team timeout. put his head down and walked away from the goal line. Well, someone might have said in his ear, it's 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 close. It, it might not be called pass interference. Here's a rather large play. It is third down and seven to go from the 10-yard line. Argos leading by eight. 131 remaining here in the fourth quarter, and it is getting loud at BMO. Wiley looks things over. He's got Van back in the game. He's standing to his left. He's got Calvin McCarney to his right. He now wheels around in motion and comes back to the right side. Three receivers to the left. And down goes Riley. Ball comes out. Toronto football. Whether it's a turnover on downs or a fumble, the Argos have the ball with a minute 26 left. That was Matt Black that came flying through on a blitz, free safety blitz, like a bullet up the middle and just hammered Mike Riley. Riley didn't have a chance to look downfield and Mike, at all. And Jason Moss is furious on the sideline. Furious. Argos start with their 4D lineman. Matt Black dancing around in the wheel position. Oh, Riley man. doesn't see him at all. He looks to his left. McCarty misses him. And uh, McCarty uh, looking away from where Matt Black was lined up. Helmet and to helmet, that's what he, he wants. He ran right by him. Yeah, it's, That was uh, helmet to helmet. It might be a headshot. Should have been a flag on the play. Argos will take it, though. And I know why Jason Moss is that upset. Matt came in high, face mask to face mask. But the Argos will take it at the 16-yard line. And it's going to be Cody Fajar to win, and he's going to run a quarterback keeper to the near side to the 30-yard line. It's a gain of 13. And an Argonaut first down with a minute 20 left. There's the element of surprise, and now Richard Ray will jog rather slowly back onto the playing surface. That is a great call by the Toronto Argonauts. Bring in Fajardo, run a little play action with James Wilder. He's had a, a day tearing it up on the turf. Cody hangs onto it, shows his speed, runs around the corner, up the left side, and gets a huge Argo first down. James Wilder with 185 yards today, the fourth best game in Argonaut history. 186 now they've credited him with. And now he's going to go right up the A-gap across the 30 to the 33-yard line, so that will be four more. Four, yeah. That will give him 190 on the afternoon. And now Fajardo's going to go back in for Ricky Ray. This is interesting with 54 seconds remaining. Yeah. Yeah, so you know the ball is going to be on the ground. But the Eskimos got to stay alert for where Fajardo could possibly be running. Here's where you throw the ball to Jamal Campbell. Running down, right down the hash? Yeah. <laughs> Use the tight end. Nobody, if he were to release, nobody would cover him. Eskimos have everybody in the box. Only the safety is more than five yards away from the line of scrimmage. Well, nobody's covering Declan Cross right now. 
And they're going to go play action. And here goes Fajardo around the left side. The first down and more. Rumble, young man Rumble, sliding close to midfield. And a flag comes out late. I don't know if they hit Fajardo on the way down on the slide. It's a flag for I think he hit Fajardo in the helmet on the way down as he was sliding. And, and now Fajardo gives Ricky Ray a pat in the rear end and vice versa as they make the change again. And here's Kim Murphy with, I think, some really good news for the Argonauts. That's suspect. I mean, from where I've, I mean, it looked like he may have breathed on him. If I anything. agree. I, I, I agree with you 100%. Fajardo clearly was showing he was, like sliding. He was slide. And I mean, maybe he put his hand on him. And said, I don't think it was a malicious hit at all. He just kind of touched maybe him on the way down. he doesn't even touch him at all. That's certainly right? not a 15-yard penalty. Touch him at all. Is that what the argument? Maybe the ref's saying, hey, you shouldn't touch him at all. He right. gave himself up plenty of time. Yeah. I hope they pick up the flag if that's what they were talking about. Here's Kim Murphy. Conduct, the Edmonton nope. bench. The penalty's oh, refused. The okay. clock will start on my signal. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. So somebody got one for chirping. And they haven't moved the ball yet for objectionable conduct. Right? He slid at the 52-yard line. Right. The ball is still on the 52. So where's the 10 yards for objectionable? I'm not sure what's going on there. You know, it's not going to matter anyways because the Argonauts are in something we like to call victory formation. Ricky Ray is going to take a couple of knees here, and the Argonauts are going to get a victory. Wow, what a finish. What a game. And take the knee with seven seconds remaining. And the Argonauts are going to come out of here with an eight-point victory over the Edmonton Eskimos. Ricky Ray will go to three and four lifetime against Edmonton, <laughs> which is odd to say. They're in victory formation. Ricky Ray's up under center. He will take the knee, and the first place Toronto Argonauts escape with a 34-26 win over the Eskimos. What an entertaining ball game today at BMO. Unreal. What a great football game by the Toronto Argonauts. First win this year against a Western opponent, and... Uh, they look great. It was great to see this Argos offense start to click, move the ball, and what a day by James Wilder Jr. Yeah, I mean, the rushing game was just lights out. But uh, the defense, again, consistent. Solid, solid afternoon for the Argos. The week off was really, really well appreciated by the Argonauts. Four of them actually got stuck in Florida for a couple of extra days. They didn't get stuck. Uh, Trustman gave them a couple of extra Helping days families. to you know, kind of work through things. And... Uh, nobody really sustained any damage at all, but it was more a couple guys lost power down there. But this week of practice, this was a different team. They had played 11 straight games without a bye and needed the break. And you could see it at practice this week, J.J. It was a different-looking team. They were crisp. They were up. The tempo was high. And uh, they really were able to show that on the field today because they were crisp. And... You know, when they came out of the gate with the fumble on the first series and not an effective second series, from that point on, the offense looked fantastic. Yes. They were able to shake that off and relax and still execute their game plan, showing great poise. So Kate Petters is down on the field. We're awaiting uh, uh, her to connect with the guest. And I think we're going to get James Wilder. Fourth best rushing game in Toronto Argonaut history with 190 yards on the day. And he was also the Argos' leading receiver, seven catches, and also their leading yardage receiver, seven for 67 today. 257 yards of offense today from James Wilder. Well, they may have gotten a look at him. (laughs) (laughs) That was unbelievable. So he's... uh, He's right now uh, in the middle of the field as the, uh, the, 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 the service goes on. 
Herbie Kuhn is the longtime voice of the Toronto Raptors as far as uh, the public and press. He is also the chaplain for the Raptors and the uh, Argonauts, so he's uh, leading the prayer service at uh, midfield, and uh, both player players from both teams uh, go out and show that sign of fellowship at the end of the game, and as soon as they break, and they do right now, we're going to get James Wilder over to talk to Kate Pedersen about a very, very special day, including his first CFL touchdown, a 76-yard run for James Wilder, and... Yeah, that was impressive. And you know what? Credit to the Eskimos to battle back and uh, keep fighting. Because uh, the Argos, you know, they were looked like they might kind of really pull away at one point. And then um, the Eskimos uh, kept pushing, kept battling, and uh, closed that gap and made it close at the end. There, James is up and uh, getting a hug from Ian Sanderson, one of the front office guys here, longtime member of the Toronto Argonauts front office. And the Montreal Alouettes coming to town next Saturday here to BMO at 7 o'clock. Here's Kate Pedersen now getting alongside the big man, James Wilder. Kate? Thank you, Hoagie. James, 257 yards of offense tonight. What made you so potent out there? Man, the coaches just told me he was going to give me the opportunity and said we were going to attack it on the ground, and that's the way we've been doing it. And it's been looking good. The O-lines gave me holes to run through, and I've just been doing what I'm coached to do. A positive performance on all sides of the ball. How confident is this team now with a big win at home? We knew we needed this big win in front of the best fans, you know, in the CFL. And we knew we needed it. You see, we lost we lost three games in a row. They, they came out. They're still supporting us. We just wanted to give them a show. And we knew they deserved it, and we knew we deserved it. What's your focus now going back to practice this week to get ready for another tough game at home? The main focus, I think, is for us to get two, take it day by day and get two wins in a row. Just focus on getting two wins in a row and stay consistent. We haven't got two wins in a row this whole season. And uh, we just need to see uh, see how we finish the season and handle success on the next game, taking it day by day. Best of luck. Thank you. That is Kate Pedersen alongside James Wilder Jr. with a spectacular day. One for the books here with the Toronto Argonauts. Andy McNamara, I think we have some stuff to talk about after the game. Oh, we sure do, Mike Hogan. My goodness, what a victory for the Argos and James Wilder. Yeah, he's going to come up in conversation a few times for the post-game show. We will take the break. We'll come back. We'll hear from Mark Tressman, head coach of the Argonauts, at some point in the next half hour. But a lot to get to. Argonauts back on the winning track, snapping a two-game losing streak. 34-26 winners over the Edmonton Eskimos. You're listening to Argonauts Football right here on TSN 1050. This is Argos Game Night. Argos! On TSN 1050, the home of Argos Football. A little bit of a high snap. It's down. The kick is up. And he missed it again to the left side. And here goes Marquise. Marquise Jackson to the 5, to the 10, to the 15. He's got the corner. Great block down the sideline. 25-30. Goodbye. No flags. The Marquise Falcon soars to the end zone. And it's a touchdown, Toronto. Oh, my. The Argonauts back on the winning side of things. 34-26. Taking out the Edmonton Eskimos down at BMO Field. Argos snap a two-game losing streak. They improved to 5-7. and seven, And as of right now, hold first place in the East Division. Now, Ottawa can have something to say about that tomorrow when they head into Montreal to take on the Alouettes. But as of right now, officially, the Argos hold on to first place. Edmonton have dropped now five straight after starting the year 7-0. 7-5 and oh, and right now. And are only two points up 
on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the BC Lions as that West Division gets even tighter. I'm Andy McNamara. Welcome to the Argonaut post-game show brought to you by Kubota Canada Limited. Find the full lineup of their products at Kubota.ca. Through the post-game show, next 25 minutes or so, we'll hear from head coach Mark Tressman from his press conference, and we'll chat with him. But let's get back down to BMO Field right now. Mike Hogan and Jeff Johnson. Guys, uh, okay, we have uh, James Wilder, who, Hoagie, you said in the pregame show, uh, Mark Tressman said, well, I want to get get a look at him, uh, see what I have there. Uh, I think they have something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, was, it was not a bad debut. It was a starter. Man. Right. It, was, it was okay. Like, how about that? Like, like, JJ, you have a guy, and it's all about... Either next man up or seizing the opportunity when it presents you. James yes. Wilder didn't just seize it; he just grabbed it, yanked it, and said, um, "You can forget about the name Brandon Whitaker because I'm here now." My goodness! Well, oh. I mean, uh, he just took it right. And, yeah. Uh, I remember right away. I think of Mike Bishop doing a, a zone read where he, you know, he, when he reads it, he's supposed to hand the ball off or pull it out. Where he would never actually hand the ball off; he'd always pull it out. And he had two hands on that ball. Well, that's what uh, James Wilder Jr. did today. He just had two hands on that football. He said, "Give it to me." And I love after the plays he was just eating, right? He's like, feed me, feed me. He had, his, he, he had the bowl up there. He was he was eating his food. And, uh, I mean, he said, he said, listen, the offensive lineman opened up the holes for me this afternoon, and I ran through them. I did what I was supposed to do. And there were some big holes, but he did a great job of, of being patient, allowing those holes to open up, reading the blocks. And when he had a chance to break out, break out like, he showed some great speed. I was really impressed, mm-hmm. especially with the big run. Like, nobody... You know, usually one of the free safety or halfback will have a chance to catch up to him. He was gone. Let, let me use an he NFL. Let me use an NFL comparison here because I was, I was trying to think about this. When he had that long 76-yard touchdown, yeah, he had a gate where it didn't look like he was moving, but right. he was moving. Right? It was very it was covered a lot of ground. This will go back before Andy's time. You'll remember Eric Dickerson. Sure, absolutely. Oh, that's who that reminded yeah. me of on yeah, that run. Even like that. even more so than his dad. Right? I yeah. mean. Tampa Bay fans will look at that and go, that was that was kind of James Wilder-esque. Sure. But that slow stride, but very effective sl- stride, very efficient. He looked like a sprinter. Like, he's been taught by a sprint coach at some point in his life. How to open up and relax. That's something I could yes. never do. I'll tell you right now. Once I hit 15 yards, I was actually decelerating. And so yeah. to, to, to continue to accelerate, there's a skill behind it. Wilder yeah. has it because he opened up, and it's one of those strides that he's very powerful, right? There's no question he's exceptionally powerful. So it doesn't look like he's, you know, got a, like it, this, the stride's not turning over fast, yeah. but he's covering a ton of ground yeah. with each step. And big steps right? and it's big deceiving. strides. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, dude, that was fun. I mean, uh, the, the one thing, and here's, here's the number that uh, any football coach or aficionado will love. Total yards today on the ground, 231, through the air, 226. Oh. What? And we're talking about the Toronto Argonauts here? Yeah, complete balance. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I don't have the, uh, the the carries. Obviously, they were a little more pass-happy. Uh, let's see, passing attempts here, 33, rushes 15-16. So, do the math. Yeah. Impressive yards per carry, to say the least. He averaged 17.3 <laughs> yards a carry. A 76-yarder doesn't hurt that. Yeah. No, but it wasn't just that. He had a 40-plus. He, he did. had a 20-plus. So Big yeah. chunk He had the three gains. big runs and... He was also their leading receiver today in terms of catches and in terms of yards. Unreal. An unreal day. Like Jay, And you know what? Should we expect this every week? I think that'd be a little, a little optimistic. But it shows this is a guy who rises to the occasion and seizes the but, moment. But here's what I like going forward. 
you know what you have with Ricky Ray and S.J. Green and Armani Edwards and Devere Posey. You've got a team that can throw the football. Ricky usually rolls out of bed and throws for 300, right? He's done it eight times out of now 11 games. And uh, one of those games was halved, obviously, by the injury. So in in 10 starts where he stayed healthy, eight of the 10 have been 300 yards. Now you know you can run the football. You found that out a little bit against Montreal, a little bit against Ottawa. But today you, you found out you have a guy who can be physical. So now when you've got a guy with that kind of size, if they play back, if they play off the line of scrimmage to defend Ray and company, all of a sudden you're giving him a little bit of a cushion and if he can get through the first line, he's going to bust big plays like that. Mm -hmm. If you come up too much on Wilder to respect the 230-pound back, all of a sudden that's going to leave more room and Ricky Ray's just going to go crazy. Yeah, you're gonna, they're, Ricky's going to burn you over the top. But, you know, one thing to note too, though, is that the Argos came into this game I think with a game plan, knowing that they were going to run the ball a little bit, yep. right? which they haven't done a mu- very much this year. I mean, they did it against Montreal kind of to your point yep. as well. And I think yep. you've got a real difficult question now is, I mean, you've got a couple of really good running backs, right? We know what Brandon Whitaker can do as yep. well, right? And um, He was, know, what, second in the league last oh, year? Oh, you, you mm-hmm. can't discount yep. what he brings to the table. And, um, I, you know, I think there was, uh, again, Looking at the second the second level of the Eskimos, the linebackers didn't seem to be in the right positions to make that play. Like where were the where was the Will linebacker all day on uh, you know when when Wilder went through that hole? It's not like he had to make the Will linebacker miss. He he wasn't there. So I was uh, you know there was there was some dropped assignments I think on the Eskimo defense as well um, uh, that kind of fed and added to some of those yards. But uh, certainly I mean Wilder was exceptional <laughs> what he did out of the bat you know in the air on the ground. That's an unreal afternoon, and uh, he's got—he's uh, kind of raised the bar. <laughs> His bar has been raised pretty high. You know, you know what's a good day, offensively, when you're talking about Wilder, deservedly so. And we haven't once mentioned a 125-yard missed field that's goal right. return for a touchdown. Oh, Marty, and that's the other thing, guys. You talk about Whitaker, but Jackson's in the running back slot. You're not getting rid of him. No, right? No, no, he's not going anywhere. No. And, and exactly, you know, making my notes. Um, this special teams unit looked very good today. And, you know, uh, again, I think uh, missed field goals are an opportunity every single time to go to the house. It's great to see the Argos pull that off. And you're right, Hokey, we haven't even mentioned that. Like, that that was a huge play of the game. But we're not even talking about it because we're all excited about uh, James Wilder this afternoon. But that was a huge moment for the Argos. And teams will have to prepare for those missed field goals. And they'll have to consider it now that uh, the Argos have put one on the board. Yeah, and, and also 96 yards in the punt return game for uh, Martise Jackson as well. But, guys, I wonder, and I'm not saying Mark Tressman's going to change his, his whole philosophy. He's been pretty darn successful doing what he's been doing for a lot of years. But when you look at the top teams in the West Division, you look at Calgary, you look at Winnipeg. What do they have? Very good to great quarterbacks that you don't necessarily have to lean on for an 80% passing game because you have stud backs, and it balances things out, and they don't have to ball out every week and if the Argos can take that type of formula wow that's a different look in the east yeah absolutely it is and uh, I think it's it certainly adds a strength to your offense and I mean maybe with the addition of Jonathan Heimbach uh, you know I don't know if his specialty is the running game but maybe it is maybe he adds something different to that side as well and um, and you know his feedback this week may have added something to that running game as well, or maybe a couple different ways to attack guys, a couple different suggestions in the film room regarding blocking. Because there was a couple, that, that one run that they had today where, you know, you had uh, there was guys get, getting off the ball at the point of attack, but you had the backside guard peeling around. Their yeah. timing on yeah. that, 
I, I've seen them trying to run that play all year. Today, Just that little counter the timing play. was yep. amazing. And, I, and a lot of it had to do with the timing of Wilder in the back backside as well. But when that guard pulled around and he engaged that linebacker, Wilder was running by. And the other linebackers almost didn't see it because it just was like a clap and a snap and he was by. Let's go down to Mark Tressman now. We'll uh, talk to him individually, but here's his news conference here at BMO. And, uh, you know, at the end of the night, they got a little bit of what they deserved, uh, a chance to win a football game, and uh, we found a way to do it. And it wasn't easy. We turned the ball over. Uh, we gave up an explosive play on, on offense in the fourth quarter. Uh, yet we were able to uh, uh, you know, find a way to win the game, and that's the most important thing. We had the grit to do that. So I'll leave it open to questions. What did you learn about your team tonight? Well, we got to do a better job in the fourth quarter. That's what I learned, that uh, we didn't do a good enough job in the fourth quarter. We, we got hit with an explosive play. We turned the ball over. So um, you know, we, we got to improve on that. And uh, uh, we, we gave them a chance to get back in the game. Uh, the other side of it, the positive side, certainly, is we found a way to win on a on a uh, on the last drive, so to speak, and we were able to hang on to the football on the last drive and not give them an, another shot down the field. And we, I think it was about two minutes or 150 something left, and we were able to get a couple of first downs. Cody did a really good job. Mark Mark did a good job of uh, you know mixing some of the plays up, and we were able to get some first downs and, and stay on the field. That was big. That was really big. I, I thought our offensive line played well tonight too. That was a dynamic pass rush, and you know maybe the. Uh, you know that the the, uh, the videos tell us something different, but but overall uh, we we knew we knew we were up against it uh, with their front, and uh, for the most part I think uh, we had a good plan, and uh, went out and executed for the most uh, uh, for most of it offensively speaking, and then defensively, again that's a tough team to stop on a regular basis, and they got they got their explosives, and and uh, you know fortunately it was a team win. We got a got a touchdown on special teams. We were able to get a couple of scores or you know the first half offensively, and uh, had enough left to. To, to you know, win at the end. Why do you think so, so oh, I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a specific question. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know that how effective we were. I still saw some returns uh, that were big, you know, up, up the sideline. I thought they they got more yards than they should have, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, we work really hard on on returns on missed field goals, and it uh, it really benefited us today. That that was big, a huge huge uh, turn of events uh, right there. Uh, they were scoring, we stopped them. And uh, we were able to make something out of it. Were you able to identify anything that would suggest Mr. Wilder would be able to spring for as much as he did today? Uh, I, I don't think we would. We, we really knew. We, we would know until we, we saw him play. You know, could he play a consistent game, both in the pass protection, number one, and, and running the football? But, uh, you know, we're going to look at the tape. We're going to find some big holes. You know, but he, he used his speed. He got outside. He made some people miss. There's no doubt about it. But I thought our offensive line. Uh, really blocked well, and uh, we, we knew we had to neutralize the pass rush by running the football this week and and uh, and keeping their defense off the field. And if we could get some explosive runs and we could stay on the field running the football, we could keep Riley and you know his gang you know off the field. And we were able. To, I don't know what the time of possession was uh, in the end, but but it, uh, in the first half of the game, I think it benefited us. Oh, I don't think you ever think that you're going to. I mean, every play is drawn up to run the ball for 60-yard or 70-yard touchdown. We, we draw them up all that way, but they seldom come out that way. Um, but at the end of the day, it was, uh, you know, it was a hole you can run through, and he, he showed his speed to outrun the, run the back end. And, you know, I think his, his play you know, really spoke for itself tonight, both, uh, you know, running the football and, and, uh, and catching it. Coach, uh, Neil Davidson from the Canadian Press. You'd had a, a rough run of late, and your team had to rally from a, a tough start in this game and then uh, stay quite a comeback at the end. Do you think this was 
your team operating more the way it should be operating? Well, it's not my team. It's our team. Um, it's all of us. And, uh, you know, we're, in, we're involved in a, a major transformation of trying to find out who we are as a team. We found out a little bit more tonight, and uh, that's who we'll be on Monday when we go back to work. And uh, we'll see if we can utilize the, the pluses and the minuses from the game to be a better football team, uh, you know, next week right here against the Alouettes. But um, you just never know. You, you really don't. You hope it leads to something good and something better. Um, you know, the guys will go back to work and do what they've done all year, win or lose. They come into the room first thing in the morning. You can't even hear yourself think. There's a big buzz. There's great energy. The guys are extremely positive. They go to work. They prepare. They're, they're in early. They stay late. They stay after practice and spend time working on their individual craft. And uh, I couldn't be proud of our team, the way they've worked. And, you know, as I always say, you know, sometimes you get, get what you deserve. And, and this week, the work we put in, you know, it, we, we got something we deserved, um, a, a win against a, a really good, and I said it before, I'll say it again, a, a great, no doubt a great contender with the talent and the, the players that they have. Get another, another touchdown negated by a penalty today. Right. Right, and the same thing here. Well, the beauty of it, we overcame it. Yeah. That's the plus side today that we overcame it and found a way to score. Um, you know, it's just got to be unacceptable. We get these explosive plays, and and uh, Declan Cross has probably had three touchdowns on, on on screens this year, and I think at least two of them were were, were called back, which is, uh, you know, but you, you try to find the glass half full, and the glass half full is we were able to overcome it, and you know, you have to overcome adversity on a play-by-play -play basis because somebody wins and somebody loses every play, and when you lose or you you have something bad happen, you got to put it away and move on. And our guys did, and we finished the drive and scored. So that's a positive. Well, what was the thinking behind the, the Cody Fajardo package late in the game? Well, uh, obviously, we want to try to maintain possession of the ball. It's a little bit unusual. I mean, when you when you have when, when you have a quarterback that runs defensively, you got to defend 12. And uh, that's much more difficult in gap controls and who's got the quarterback and who's got the backs and so forth. And, you know, Cody's a very athletic player, and you know, we work on this all the time during, you know, our, the last two minutes or we call, you know, hammer time, which is when we have the lead and we've got to maintain possession of the ball. And, and the guys did a great job of executing. What does it say to a guy like Matt Blige, or a, a guy who was, you know, was cut mm -hmm. a little while ago and he makes that game ceiling? Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't be prouder of, of Matt, uh, you know, from start to finish. Uh, the day we let him go, he handled himself with class and dignity. Uh, you know, he bought the guys breakfast the morning he got cut. And uh, he's come back here and, and done nothing but lead the way um, with special teams and other facets of our football team. I, I couldn't be prouder of him. Mark, what's um, your running game going into the game? Uh, I think we're ranked ninth in the league. Does this give you uh, inspiration uh, that the running game will well, I think I think it's evident that it, it, it gives promise to it. I mean, we're, we don't go into the game saying we've got to run the ball a certain amount of times. We did, you know, plan on running the football. We had to. We had we got a dynamic pass rush, and we needed the run game to neutralize it. We needed the run game to, uh, you know, to, to to keep their offense off the field. And we we did we did a little bit of that. And so when you force a team to, you know pay attention to the run, it's certainly going to help you down the road, and we, and we hope it did here. Mark, the timing of the challenge play was, was impeccable. Was there a time during the game where you were compelled or felt like you know, I don't remember, to be quite honest. Um, I, I, I was compelled at one point after a big play to throw it, and usually they come over and they get, they tell you there's 10 seconds to commercial, and uh, they, did, they didn't. Nobody came by, and, and uh, I wanted to challenge that play. I can't remember what it was at the time, but it was, it was good fortune, obviously, because we had one left. 
um, to, to call at the right time. So it was a little bit of a luck there that, uh, that we were able to use the challenge on the touchdown. Okay. Thanks, guys. So that was Mark Tressman, the uh, head coach of the Argonauts, with his news conference uh, at the media room here at BMO Field, and he's just going to throw on the headsets here in a couple of seconds, and we'll get a couple of uh, opportunities to ask a couple of more questions of the coach after uh, an impressive uh, 34-26 win over the Edmonton Eskimos here at BMO Field this afternoon, and now the team will get ready for the Montreal Alouettes here next uh, Saturday night. It's uh, it's a night game, a 7 o'clock start here at BMO, and uh, man, that was there were so many big plays today. Uh, that was a treat to uh, to call, and I assume a treat to uh, coach as well. And just uh, waiting for Coach Tressman here to throw on the headsets. And we have Mark Nowery there, Coach. Yes, sir. Uh, congratulations. That was a nice win. Thank you, Mike. Uh, really proud of our guys. They uh, they continue to work hard during the week, and they, they found a way to, to win a game today, and it was uh, a good locker room. Well, we spoke on Thursday, and you said you wanted to emphasize that Brandon Whitaker was only taken out so you could get a look at James Wilder. It had nothing to do with what Brandon had done. So you got to look at Wilder today. Did you like what you saw? Uh, that was pretty evident. Uh, I thought James, uh, you know, he had an opportunity today, and uh, you know, I thought the offensive line did a tremendous job of blocking for him. Uh, I also thought saw, thought that James did a good job of protecting the football and, and getting more out of the runs uh, than just uh, the, the initial uh, through the line of scrimmage. So I thought he played well. Uh, one of the things that impressed me the most, and you talked about it, was was being able to overcome adversity, and you did it with the touchdown from Cross. It was called back. You ended up converting that with the green touchdown. But after the fumble on the first series, um, there was an opportunity to get the heads down a little bit. And I was so impressed with your tempo offensively, especially in the first half following that. Um, was that lost on you on the on the field, or were you uh, cognizant of what was going on down there? Well, yeah, you're cognizant of it. I mean, we're not going to stop playing the game because we turned the ball over. We just gave them a quick touchdown and and uh, with very little time on the uh, that had uh, elapsed on the clock and, and just went back to work. I mean, we got Ricky Ray back there. We're, we're not going to stop playing football. Martise Jackson, a big return today. It's almost lost with everything else that happened today. But boy, that was that was a key return at a, at a key time. Yeah, it wasn't lost by us. It was a key play. You look at the final score. We we couldn't have done this without him and the guys blocking for him. Uh, final question. Um, you went to, Montreal's here next week. You went to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony on Thursday uh, with the group that had been uh, coaching and, and Jim Pop in, in Montreal. Uh, I, I'd like to give you the opportunity to say something about Anthony. I know you have a great deal of respect for everybody who got in, but because of your relationship with Calvia, what did that night mean to you? Oh, it was uh, you know it was very special. Number one. Um, you know, what really got, got to me was his mother being there, obviously. And, uh, you know, Alexia, had, who had uh, gone into remission uh, just just weeks after I got the job in Montreal. And because of it, uh, her, her being in remission from cancer, Anthony decided to play another year. Uh, but uh, just getting to know him, his level of uh, commitment to the game and preparation and detail and and just how he, his, his level of emotional intelligence and brilliance and toughness. I mean, there's just expletive. Uh, I don't know if expletive is the right word, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'm a little bit tired right now. Not expletive. Yeah, yeah, there's some expletives there, but they're all, they're all followed by positives. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at the end of the day, I, I just couldn't be proud. It was great to be a spectator there and uh, to see him uh, reap the rewards from a, a career that's uh, almost unparalleled. Coach, enjoy a well-deserved uh, victory. Thank you for Thanks, joining Mike. us. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. That is Mark Trussman, the head coach of the 
Toronto Argonauts as they get ready for the Montreal Oets next week, Andy. Yeah, guys, uh, amazing win. We're tied up against the clock. Uh, great job today. And, hey, you know what? Get to carry it over one week from today in Montreal. Great call, guys. Have a, a super night. Thank you. You too. Thanks, buddy. All right. That's Jeff Johnson and Mike Hogan. By the way, folks, if you forgot, the Argos postgame show brought to you by Kubota Canada Limited. Find the full lineup of their products at Kubota. .ca. So yeah, the Argos welcome in the Montreal Alouettes. Now what we have to look for, if you want more CFL action tonight on TSN, Calgary Stampeders hosting the BC Lions. Stamps up 6 nothing so far in the first quarter. Tomorrow, huge game for Argos fans implication-wise in the East Division. Ottawa, they beat the Alouettes in Montreal. Leapfrog Toronto from second back into first place. If they lose, the Alouettes pull closer, but Argos will then hold sole possession of first place in the East Division. As we said, 6.30 pregame, 7 p.m. kickoff a week from today uh, here on TSN. 10.50. So, uh, the Argos postgame show was brought to you by Kubota to Canada Limited. You can find their full lineup of the products at Kubota.ca. So, for producer Natasha Shivraj, Chris Devero, Mike Hogan, Jeff Johnson, and Kate Pedersen, I'm Andy McNamara. Argos win it 34-26. You've been listening to Argonauts Football on TSN 10.50. Beat me!